Welcome to Quest for Gold. I'm Ryan Burrow, keeping you up to date on news ahead of the Winter Games in Beijing. We're now just about 80 days away from the opening ceremonies. Activist group Human Rights Watch is calling on all leading sponsors for the Beijing Winter Olympics to explain why they are remaining mostly silent about alleged human rights abuses in China. The group said it reached out to those sponsors, as well as leading broadcast rights holder NBC for a response six months ago. The only response they received has been from German financial company Allianz. They replied that they support the Olympic movement. The IOC did announce this week it is planning to have protest zones in place at the Games, but that will be dependent on COVID-19 protocols. There were protest zones at the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, but they were mostly empty during the Games. Ice dancing duo Madison Hubble and Zachary Donahue have qualified for their sixth Grand Prix final after taking a silver medal at the Grand Prix of Italy in Torino this week. They also picked up a win at Skate America last month. The final will be held in Japan the first week of December. USA Gymnastics is reportedly seeking a $425 million settlement with the survivors of the Dr. Larry Nasser sex abuse scandal. Hundreds of women and girls came forward claiming they were sexually abused by the former national team doctor over several decades. The settlement was proposed this week in U.S. bankruptcy court, which could put an end to years of litigation. Written objections must be filed by next week. A confirmation hearing is set for December 8th. In this week's Athlete Spotlight, we chat with Emery Lehman, a two-time Olympic speed skater who's going into 2022 with a new attitude after a disappointing Olympic finish in 2018. Last month, after overcoming a breakthrough case of COVID-19, he placed in three of the races in the World Cup qualifier, taking first in the 5,000 meter, third in the 1,500, and third in the 10,000. The last time we spoke, uh, you were prepping for South Korea, but you were also trying to land an internship. What was harder? I I, I, I assume the Olympic uh, the Olympic bid was harder, but uh, you you were cramming, man. You were you were really trying to grab that internship. Yeah, I actually uh, ended up getting an internship through Thornton Tomasetti in Chicago, downtown in the Loop. I worked uh, down in the old uh, IBM building right next to Trump Tower. Um, and that was awesome. I had a really good boss and mentor there, Bill Bass. Um, and he was just great. Uh, it was actually, I think, harder to do that than it was training for the Olympics because at least training for the Olympics, it's something, you know, I go out there and prepare for day in, day out. Um, and, you know, as much school as you go to and homework as you do and studying and prep you do, you know, nothing really prepares you for the actual job, you know, quite like the experience of the job. So that was definitely a little, that was very weird just because I've spent every year, every summer of my life, either going to school or training or more mainly doing both of them, uh, which is what I'm doing now. Uh, but that was, that was definitely an experience for the summer, but I, I it did like after like a week or two of doing it, I was, you know, kind of unsure if I wanted to come back. Um, but after, you know, a month into it, I was already like back on the bike, texting my coach, you know, getting workouts. So I was already getting back in the swing of things, like kind of preparing for the ne- this next quad here. How, how was 2018? Uh, it was good. It was a tough process. You know, I was coming back from mono at that point still. I was going through a coaching change. So the whole thing was uh, really scary. There were a lot of unknowns. It definitely was uh, fortunate to make the team. Um, and it did not do well at the Olympics at all. Um, but, you know, I was mainly just happy to be there. Uh, whereas this quad, I'm, you know, I have a lot more certainty. I have a lot more confidence in myself. I had my health. You know, I, I had COVID uh, a few weeks ago, a month ago now. Um, and that stunk. But, you know, that's 
I think nothing coming compared to coming back from mono. So uh, I have my health, confidence, a great team to skate with, a great coach, um, the support of U.S. Speed Skating, and I'm a lot more confident going into this season and uh, in a, definitely in a much different headspace than I was going into Korea. And, and definitely a different headspace. I mean, this is kind of the third chapter here for you. I mean, you said before that when you went into 2014, you were just a kid like – everything was new and fresh and maybe you weren't mentally as mentally prepared as you possibly could be. Maybe that was a good thing. Maybe, maybe in 2018, you got a little too much thought going on. I mean, what, what is kind of the third chapter look like for you mentally going into it? Um, do, are you, uh, more relaxed, more intense? Um, you know, how, how do you, how do you rate this compared to your other two experiences? Yeah, so Korea, uh, Sochi was definitely more of a, a whirlwind. Korea was more of a, a mental breakdown. Not a breakdown, because I didn't break down, but a mental uh, fight, struggle to get there. Um, whereas now I've kind of been telling myself, you know, um, I, I've, I've made two Olympic teams already, and I've done completely horrible at one. I've done very well at another. Um, so I definitely don't want to go back to the Olympics just to compete and get last or second to last. I want to go back as a competitor if I go back. Um, so really my goal for this season have mainly been time goals and, uh, you know, not – you know, I, I may not say that I don't want to make the Olympic team. I do more than anything. But if I skated very fast and I set all my time goals and I achieved what I wanted to achieve on the ice, um, making it to the Olympics would be a treat, a cherry on top, and not the uh, ultimate outcome of my season, I would say. Is that is that what what kind of keeps you going is, is that it's every day isn't live or die anymore. I mean, were, were you kind of in that headspace where every day it was like, Oh, I'm yeah. the worst skater ever, or I'm the greatest skater ever. And it was just kind of a roller coaster. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely a struggle trying to like, um, get that validity for myself validity. I think that's the right word validity for myself of like, okay, like you can do this. You are a good skater. Um, whereas now I know I can do it. Um, I know I can qualify. Whereas now I need the, um, confirmation, I guess that I can skate fast. Um, and I don't think I need to go to the Olympics to prove that to myself. Um, I think going to the Olympics would be great and it'd be quite an experience and it would be, like I said, a treat. Um, but you know, I have plenty of opportunities to prove to myself that I'm a fast skater. Um, and you know, definitely in Korea, my confirmation of being a good skater was definitely making it back there. Um, whereas now it's, you know, I got time goals. I got things I want to accomplish on and off the ice. Um, you know, kind of enjoying the process more than the outcome, I guess. Yeah. That, that's what I was going to, are there things that you're trying to accomplish outside of just certain times at this point? I mean, are there times when you race and you're like, I raced one heck of a race, even though my time wasn't there, I didn't finish where I wanted to. I mean, are you appreciating that more than just, um, you know, the final result? Yeah, definitely. Cause in the past, you know, I'd have a bad race and I would just be like, Oh man, that was a bad race. And I wouldn't take away any positives, any negatives. I wouldn't, you know, learn from it. Um, whereas now I can say that, you know, like even last weekend I raced my first 5k and it went, I'd say, all right. It's like the same starting point, but there were a lot of positive positives from it. Um, 
there were definitely a lot of things I learned from it, which I think is the best, which, you know, in the past it would, I would dwell on a bad race. Whereas now, you know, I had an okay race and I learned a lot and I'm excited to go out and practice and improve on these things so that I can execute them in my next race. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's kind of some of the most exciting part of the sport. Are you a, are you a better skater now than you were back in 2014? I think so. I think a much better skater, much better than 2014, much better than 2018. Um, I think I can uh, think think for myself a lot more out there. I can feel the ice a lot better. I can critique my own skating. Um, and I think more than anything, I can, uh, I'm in a better mental space of being a competitive athlete rather than uh, I feel like in 2018, I was a lot more fragile. And in 2014, I think I just didn't even need to think about it. <laughs> How, what is kind of the, the peak age? I know there are some sports where, man, by the time you're 18, if you're a gymnast, you're, you're an old fogey. But, you know, beach volleyball, they're, they're out there at 40. I mean, is there kind of a peak of age in your sport? Yeah, I would say like 23 to 33 are when most skaters do quite well in our sport. Um, so I'm kind of in that peak age uh, range. And uh, I think everything's been going going well, going according to plan. And I think it could only go better. Um, I took a year off from training again after this past, uh, Korea Olympics. I played hockey club hockey at Marquette, which was a ton of fun. But, you know, again, I kind of gave myself a little handicap by not training a full four years, like all my other competitors. So, um, I think next quad will be my first quad where I'll train a full four years at it, um, which will be good. Um, but for now I'm just, you know, making do with what I can. Does the fact that you moved and you don't have school going on, does that improve your focus then for these games, as opposed to the other stuff you had going on going into the other games? Yeah, I think I always enjoyed going to school because it kind of took my mind off skating when I didn't need to. And I was better with time management. Um, I'm actually in a master's program now through Johns Hopkins for structural engineering, which is um, I, I, I've only been taking like one course at a time. But I'd say that one course is about as much, if not more work than, you know, four courses at my undergrad degree at a time. But it's it's definitely been good um i'm taking this semester off i should clarify but then i'm gonna take you know i'm gonna start up in january in the spring semester um and uh you know that's a really tough it's tough to balance the two but i have done it my whole life and i've enjoyed doing it my whole life and it kind of it's a good way to take my mind off skating when it doesn't need to be um but then again there are times where you know i'm at the rink and still thinking about a homework assignment or something like that which is probably not the best I, I like the fact that, you know, you're, you're one of the few people, I mean, a lot of the athletes I speak to dedicate their entire life to one sport and you, you have to some extent, but you're also playing lacrosse. You're also playing hockey. I mean, there, there are probably coaches out there that cringe every time they would hear that. Oh my gosh, you're about to go get, you know, your face bloodied, you know, playing hockey or whatever. But do you feel that that's good um, physically for your body uh, to, to do that? And, and maybe mentally as well to, to continue playing other sports and keep active? I think mentally more than anything, I did get my face a little bloody. I got like a scar on my chin now and a scar right up here. But I think like mentally, it's really good for me just because like, you know, 
I grew up playing hockey. I grew up playing lacrosse. I obviously grew up speed skating, but I get to do that every day. But there's just these little things that make me happy that I get to do. And not only that, but I got a full year of letting out steam and anger and hitting people, which I haven't got to do in a while. So that was like a ton of fun. I went home in January to visit family and cousins, everyone. And even then I flew home with my hockey bag and I played a game with my own men's hockey league team there at, you know, the, the Blackhawks practice arena. And that was like a ton of fun. So just getting to do those little things, having those little mental breaks and it's, it's still physical activity. It's still dangerous, but it's, it's all in good fun. Are they, are they, are they targeting the Olympian? Do they go after you? Or do you get any special treatments? Uh, I don't I don't think I'm good enough for anyone to target, uh, but uh, it's no, it's still a ton of fun. I just don't tell anyone. Did you see that uh, Patrick Kane's been, I don't think it's a huge surprise, but Patrick Kane has been named to the, uh, to the U S hockey team. So yeah, the, I was really excited to see that they're bringing NHL players back. It's going to be super cool. Um, so, Do you think you'll yeah, have no, any was... chance to see them? I mean, the, I don't know if you've talked to any of the athletes from, from Japan at all, but obviously it was a, a very different experience than what you had in 14 and 18. Um, you know, not a lot of movement around. It sounds like it's going to be the same. You're going to land as soon as your competition's over. You got 72 hours to get the heck out of there. Doesn't seem like they got to visit a lot of things or see a lot of the athletes. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe then you can just zone in and focus on your race, but it does take a little away for a little bit from the experience, I would guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it did feel like that in Korea, you know, granted with all the restrictions, it'll be more so, but you know, in Korea, I really didn't get to see a whole lot of events. I was really focused, hyper-focused on my race and I had one, you know, the first day and then one in like the middle of the second week. So I really didn't get to, I think I only got to see like one curling match and maybe one hockey game. Whereas in Sochi, I only had two events and I got to see, you know, a handful of hockey games and some short track, which was awesome. So, um, it'll definitely be, uh, sad not to be able to roam around, uh, like we did in Sochi and Korea, but at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, we're there to skate and, uh, you know, it's the same for me as it is for everyone else that went and, I've had two great experiences. So like I said, at this point, I'm uh, more focused on skating fast, getting back there, being a competitor. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. What do you, what do you have to do now between now and February? I mean, I assume you still got qualifications. You're not there yet, yeah. right? We have four world cups, which right now are on track to happen, but you know, we haven't really heard too much. Um, those would be in Poland, Norway, Salt Lake city, and then Calgary. Um, and I have to do, you know, I think it's top, 20 in the 5k and top 30 in the 1500 and then about two or three weeks after uh the last world cup with all the spots that we qualified at those world cups are then up for grabs at olympic trials which will be at the pettit center in milwaukee in uh early january how did the pandemic go for you i mean you, you said you're you're getting over covid right now but that was pretty recent so pretty deep into the pandemic um when they shut everything down what did you do where did you go did, were you able to continue to train yeah we were actually uh i mean i feel like um athletes ourselves were actually in the rare group of people where we were actually able to continue besides working out in masks and you know the social distancing and all that we were able to continue our everyday lives and we had something to do every day whether it was work out with the team or work out alone or be outside um we were definitely kept busy and we didn't really break stride at all um, besides, you know, a few times where people came in close contact and we had to quarantine for two weeks, 
Um, other than that, we were really uh, full throttle, full, uh, full speed ahead training, you know, as if we were going to have a competition, the very, you know, a scheduled competition. Um, and uh, I was very fortunate in that. And also very fortunate that we were able to work out outside a lot. So we were able to work out as a team, even if we were social distance, you know, we we're outside. So it was a little bit safer. Um, so it was, it was, Outside of training, everything was weird because I was, you know, we weren't able to, you know, go go out and about as freely as we did, um, or we would have. But within training, it was it was we didn't really skip a beat. To be honest, you know, as soon as the pandemic hit in 2019 in the spring, um, every all the classes at Marquette went online, and I just thought that was a good time to move out here. Uh, I stayed with a really good friend who I was renting from and he was just like, yeah, I come out early and I just finished my school online and we really just hit it from there. Do you feel like these games will be safe? Do you feel like they're going to do, I mean, this is in China. This is, you know, the heart of it all. Um, I mean, do you, do you feel like the USOPC and, and the international Olympic committee is going to do everything they can to keep it as safe as possible? I think so. I think if they, they got through uh, Japan well, I think they'll get through uh, China well. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm more concerned about right now skating fast and I've had COVID now. So not to say that I've let my guard down, but, you know, I, you know, I've been through it. I know what to expect. I know now I'm extra safe, taking a bunch of supplements to stay safe, being more cautious about wearing a mask around the rink during training. So I'm definitely taking my own precautions to make sure I'm staying safe and keeping the people around me safe. And, uh, yeah, other than that, just worry about skating fast and then let everyone at the USOC and the IOC do their jobs and uh, hopefully make this thing happen. How bad was it for you? How bad was the COVID? Was it serious or was it just you tested positive? That was it. Uh, it I tested positive and it felt like I had a cold. Um, and I was just like really tired for quite a long time. Um, yeah, I just felt like I had a pretty, pretty bad cold, I would say. Um, it which, didn't last too long for you? It, it probably lasted like a week. Um, and then after that, I was just quarantining. I got a lot of movies in. Uh, the most frustrating thing was not being able to train, even when I was asymptomatic. Uh, but they really needed to take precautions, get me in for a, a blood work and an echo to make sure I was all good before I really got back into it. Yeah, have you, you haven't noticed any long-term effects or anything like that? No, the first few weeks... Uh, there were just little things in training that I noticed, but as of now, I feel like I'm fully back in the stride. And, you know, besides the things that I missed in training, um, I feel like I haven't really skipped a beat, which is nice. How's the sponsorship and stuff been since COVID are, are is us speed, speed skating providing sponsorship money or that they have their own sponsors. Do you have your own sponsor? Yeah. So I, um, us speed skating provides some funding, uh, which is all based on your performance at world championships. So it's a little bit tough, but, um, you know, I definitely don't think there's enough money just to be handed out. So, you know, it's definitely, uh, yeah, you, you earn your money for the USOC and then I'm have, uh, private sponsors through Collins engineering, uh, Collins engineers in Chicago. And they also have an office out here in Utah and RC Wiley out here in Utah have been my two big, uh, supporters these past few years. So I'm very happy to have them and definitely need, need that money for equipment and everything like that, which is, as you can imagine, going into Olympic year, quite key. I spent like two hours working on my blades this morning. So it's, uh, 
and it's a never-ending battle against your equipment here. Are you are you paying for all your flights and all your hotel stays when you go on these? Um, for races. domestic events, yes. For international events, uh, it's covered by um, U.S. speed skating. Anything cool or different in the sport now than maybe four years ago? I'm always I'm always interested when I see a sport every four years. How you know there are little things that maybe we don't notice that have changed, maybe in the rules or equipment. Um, no cool changes. <laughs> they made the team pursuit people wear a lot more safety equipment, which no one likes. Um, and then other than that, I'm trying to think, but there's really no rule change besides the fact that the uh, International Olympic Committee is reducing the amount of spots for every distance. This is like the third Olympics in a row that they've reduced the amount of spots in the Olympics for each event um, to make room for other events, which makes it harder on us to qualify. But, um, you know, that's that's not my... Yeah, it's just a, a product. Did, did, they, did they add a mixed events for this for these games? I know uh, they've been doing that more and more. Track, for short track, they added a mixed gender relay, and I think they're trying to do that similar thing for long track. But I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how well that's going to work. But uh, they try to do some sort of relay. But in long track, we do the team pursuit. In short track, they do the relay. So I think they're trying to make a relay for long track, which. It's a lot tougher because the rink's a lot bigger. The speeds are a lot higher. Um, so I think you might see something, either the uh, mixed gender team relay or uh, the team sprint uh, at the next Olympics. Not this Olympics, but the next. I, um, if it was my vote, they would add the team sprint in before they added the relay in, which I am not really a big fan of. Uh, but the team sprint is quite cool. Um, I'm hearing a lot of chatter too about maybe Lake Placid making another run. Have you heard anything about uh, an attempt to uh, to get a bid? Yeah, I hear they're hosting the University Games in 2023 for speed skating, or I think it's all sports if it's internet the University Games. But I hear they're uh, remodeling the oval out there. They're having the uh, World University Games. So um, since I'm in school and I'm a student, I fully intend on participating. I've never skated in Placid, but I really want to get out there and skate. Thank you, Emery. We'll be rooting for him next week. We stay on the ice, but grab a stick. Can the U.S. Women's Hockey Captain Kendall Coyne? Lead the team to a second straight gold? We'll talk to her and find out. I'm Ryan Burr. We'll see you next time right here on Quest for Gold.